Hello, welcome to Learn With Us, part two, with Rob Cameron. Good evening, or good morning. Uh, yeah, it's uh, early afternoon for me, almost, almost lunchtime. Thanks for having me back. Yes. So I was thinking about what we should do for this one. And for the guys that are listening on audio, I'll try and make it interesting enough for you to listen that you don't have to watch the video, but probably it would help if you've watched the video of this one, because we're going to be building some stuff live. And uh, so what I actually... What I thought about was I would like to actually make something proper with um, Redwood JS. So what I think would be useful is like a little website application people could use if they wanted to build like a startup. So it'd be like a website that would have like logging in, signing in, have a user profile and just like a very, very minimal, minimal starting. And what I would like to, to, to build eventually, uh, I'm not sure how much we'll, we'll probably not get hardly anything done in this video, is... If you look at this thing here, um, Svelte Firebase Starter, it's a little app that I've made, it's on GitHub, and uh, it basically allows people to register, sign in, create accounts, um, look at users, and look at users' profiles, and the user can change some settings, like the username and uh, the display name. And at the moment, it's using Firebase for everything, so uh, Firebase has multiple services, they have one that sort of takes care of user security and registration and email password verification. That's all really hard stuff to do really well, the security. That's the part that I use for just logging and registering. So you go in to register, you go in here, send some details, and then there's 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 some you know HTML validation here. But uh, if you go in there and make a, you can make an account just like this, create account, goes into Firebase, and they can use a verify email. That's all complexity that I don't have to worry about. Once the once you sign into this account, this thing basically you have access to uh, looking at a list of other users, and you can click on their profile. The moment you can just while we're showing is their display name. Um, this is the user's own profile, believe it or not. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. There's a settings page where users can go in and uh, change their their username. So, for example. There's like online check. There's like it goes and checks to see if a username is available. It's a bit like Twitter, you know. Like you can go in here, and it, that'll, that'll be their profile URL, right? And we can update their username like that. Um, okay. And it's an SPS, so like there's no server side rendering or anything. All this data is refreshed every time you visit it. So there is a little bit of a performance hit in that. There is like if, if we go to say. The settings page it will actually go and make sure we have the latest data every time we were there um, mm -hmm. and there is like features of Firebase that allows you to monitor changes to the database so that you can actually monitor each a single line in the database and every other client will actually get an update of it but I'm not using that feature I'm just uh, every time I'm getting data I'm doing this thing I'm, I'm calling the once method on the the Firebase reference, so that I'm just getting the data, the current value. So basically, it's like I'm using Firebase. It's like an overkill situation. But this is this is the sense is the thing I would like to build in Redwood JS, and okay. um, in a nutshell. Great. Uh, do you still want to use Firebase for login? Someone actually created a Firebase auth uh, plugin for Redwood. I haven't personally used it, so I couldn't. I won't be able to just tell you off the top of my head how it works. But we could explore it, or we can just go the full like tutorial version, which is doing it all through Netlify, Netlify Identity. I've used Netlify Identity. Actually, this 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 um, repository was using Netlify Identity. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So if we're going to deploy to Netlify, we could just use Netlify identity here as we rebuild this. I'm more familiar with that one, so that'll make it easier so to... Like, so like, it. we're not going to build a, a login system with um, Redwood.js in terms of like... A, a, I guess that's that's a lot of work, right? To do all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen... Some people are starting to talk now about kind of building our own version of like a completely from scratch uh, login system, which we're still kind of working on. We kind of have this uh, auth provider that we have... I'm, you can call them plugins, but they're supported providers that are built into Redwood. So we have uh, Netlify, Auth0, Magic Link, Firebase. There might be one more, I can't remember. And then we were thinking of a sort of custom roll-your-own version. So you'll see as we go into it, you get these helpers for the current user, how to log in, how to log out. We would create like a stub version of that that you would then flesh out with however you wanted to do that within your own system. Yeah, I was I was enjoying Netlify at one point, and then I got to a point where I had to do something that I just I think I was wanting a database and I didn't and I thought Netlify had an inbuilt database and then I realized I'd have yeah, to do something different and then I just basically started playing around with Firebase and then I was talking to one of the Netlify guys and he says we're not really trying to compete with Firebase and I goes okay I'll just use Firebase then <laughs> 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 but um, let me just check see what I was doing here I was just working on I was working on follow users. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still kind of a novice. Of, I'm sorry, I hided your face there, mate. Uh, my apologies, I wasn't ready for light. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just working on some. Uh, the, to be honest, the queries are kind of scary in Firebase. When I first started using it, I'm like, what is all this stuff? You know. So let me just commit this change that I'm working on with the the uh, some of this following and stuff. Okay. I, I would, I, I would absolutely be so happy if somebody built a startup from this code that I'm, I'm, I'm writing. You know. If they wanted to start, <laughs> nice. get something quick, you know, like just commit this. And um, I'm for wondering... audio listeners, he's writing the commit message right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just commit it. <laughs> so let me just think. So I actually, and this is quite a lot of commits in this repository here. And I had a, I had a Netlify working app at one point until I started to switch it out. But um, last commit on master for Netlify. I can't remember what I had in this. Let me yeah, just check this out. Huh? That, that was December last year. Yeah, yeah. Why isn't it letting me check out the commit there? Check out commit. That's weird. Yeah, there's revision. It's like the yeah, most basic thing in the in the world. Yeah, if you go to that, if you go down to that revision. We'll check that out. Yeah. <laughs> How do I use Git? <laughs> Is it this one here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Oh, they've got. It should be now. Yeah. Yeah, this should be that exact. Well, I don't know what this is. Yeah, there's been some update or something like that. Can't remember what I had there. What is this IDE WebStorm? I haven't heard of this one. WebStorm was basically uh, was back in the Java days. Where oh, we had a lot boy. of uh, devs had made this really good Java IDE. Mm, you got to get on that VS Code train. That's what everyone's on now. Nah, I can't stand Visual Studio Code, mate. I can't stand it. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, nah. when you when you create a Redwood app, we actually have a there's like a plugin recommendation list, so we give you a bunch of plugins to install to to help you. You don't have to use them, and you don't have to use VS Code, but if you do, you'll have an even nicer time. You know what I think. I think I'm just going to create a use my a fresh repository for this because otherwise, yeah, I would just make a new one from scratch. Yeah, we have one. 
So we've got this empty repository called Wildwood MVP, got a get ignore file, printer RC, package JSON, and Okay, uh, so delete all that. Delete all of it? Okay. Well, you don't necessarily have to delete it. You could keep those files, but when we uh, we have a Redwood create script that will create the whole directory from scratch, and it would overwrite that by default the way it is right now. Right, I see. So if you want, keep those files aside, and then we'll create a Redwood app, and you can put those files back in. Right, okay. So what, what point have I have got? Is it, uh, uh, yeah, do prerequisites to make sure, because you got to make sure you have the right version of Node and the right version of Yarn to get started here. Yeah, so we need node greater than 12 and yarn greater than 1.15. Why do you use uh, yarn, not npm? Uh, just yarn seems to be cleaner and simpler, a lot faster. Like npm had an update recently that I think helps speed some stuff up, uh, but there's still some really neat utilities with yarn that we use, like this yarn create. It's just a built-in utility that if you create a package named something-app, you can say yarn create that package name, Redwood app. Yeah, and then it'll fetch that fetch that package, and then run through a script in it to like create a whole app from scratch. I don't know that npm has a related thing. So you're on Node, what version ten? Yeah. Do you want to try to upgrade that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, if you're using npm, it should be easy. Yeah. Yeah, get that twelve thirteen there. What the what the. Oh, okay. that was easy. How's that? Okay, great. Okay. All right, where do you want this app? So are you in the directory that you want the app's root to be, Redwood MVP? Yes. Okay, so go back out one. So this Redwood MVP is a root of the repository? Yeah, this so this, yeah, this create command is going to want to create that directory. Okay, I can spin this stuff back out. I'll just, I'll just, yeah, I'll, so, do, you, do you do node, node modules install as well when you do this command? Say that again? Does node modules install automatically? Yep. You shouldn't. <laughs> that's my pet you peeve. Shouldn't? My pet peeve. Don't install node oh, modules. Really? Yeah, because oh, that's, no. that's the good bit spell is it doesn't run node modules install for you. So when you want to move it back out of the directory. Yeah. Yeah, so we're trying we're trying to make it like as few extra steps for everybody as possible. This so, this, this adds like, to extra steps to me. Really? Yes. So what, I have what, to delete the mode modules to move all the files back out and then run mode modules install again. Because I always create, wanna... my my flow is I go to GitHub, I create a repository, and then I use WebSum to pull the repository in my computer. Then I start doing all the stuff. It's just my I don't create a repository then share it with GitHub. I probably could do that and that would fix all those problems. But node modules installed in automatically is really annoying for me. It should just one of those things. The user should be left but, to do. But you need them to exist for the app to work. Yes, of course. What? So why would you not want them? Because maybe you just want to create a, a template of all these files that are generated when you create a new app, but you don't want to have all the node modules as well. Hmm. You think that's a common use case? It's my use case. I do. I have to delete it all the time. And Svelte doesn't do that. You create a new app with Svelte, no node no, no modules are installed. Huh. I've never heard of someone not having node modules. <laughs> I mean, I know like you eventually you'll end up with gigabytes and gigabytes of them. And yeah, you might yeah. I just prefer to install it myself. Huh. Okay. Well, we can add a flag for that. You can, actually, if you open up an issue, mention that, and we can add a flag that will basically yeah. skip the node modules install. But yeah. by default, we do install them, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you really want to go through the tutorial or you want to just kind of experiment here as we go? 
I don't want to go through the tutorial. I just want to. I just want to do it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, go back a directory. Upper directory. Yep. Upper level, and then uh, you're gonna want to actually remove Redwood MVP because this is gonna want to create it. Oh, uh, okay. Or create command. Yeah. Okay. So you just have to reinitialize the get thing and re reset your origin. So I'll just close this down. Okay. So and then, you know, RMRF Redwood MVP. That might work. I, yeah, you just dash RF. I don't know if maybe you don't have yeah. to have that with RM. I would do dash RF, yeah. Yep. Okay, and then you're going to do yarn space create space Redwood dash app. Red. Wood. wood dash app. Yep. And then space, the path you want it to be. So now you can do Redwood MVP. Okay. Yep. This and again, this is a built-in this is a built-in utility in Yarn, this Yarn Create. Right. So it looks for a package named Redwood. Named the package has to be named create dash redwood dash app. Right, I see. Okay. I've never used that before. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. So that's like uh I don't know if you use create react app. That uses the same same thing. So it's letting you know that Yarn's out of date, but I don't think that's actually a problem for this. Well, Here's your Yarn cool. install, sorry. So this is downloading all those packages. Right, I see, yeah. For the audio listeners, there's a loading little spinner on the screen. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> we had audio listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if it's even worse than the audio version for this. Yeah, I think this will be the longest waiting step with nothing happening here after this. Things should go a little faster. There's, there's probably going to be zero benefit for the person listening, listening to this on audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably not going to get as much out of this. Maybe maybe once we're done, the final repo, they can go and check it out. Yeah. This is, this, this is why what podcasting is hard. Is like this sort of like, you know, podcast. I need to get. I need. I'm going to basically create a disc. I've created a Discord server. I'm going to invite users in to find out what they want from the podcast. You know, because this is a whole different level of podcast. This is something different. This. This is like. This is. This is quite stressful actually, because like, there's like, there's no. If something goes wrong, I can't just like pause it and like. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I can't. I can't put Rob on pause and say, <laughs> sit there for the next two hours while I fix this issue. You know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now CD into Redwood MVP. And if you want, now you can open that up in WebStorm or whatever, but you could also just do here, uh, if you do yarn RW, short for Redwood, dev, so space dev, yep, and then I'll start the development server. And this actually starts two processes. It starts, so we talked about Red, on the the last podcast we talked about how Redwood kind of has two sides, like the web side, which is the front end, and then the API side, which is the back end. Yeah. So this starts two processes, and you'll see them prefixed there in the logs. There's API, and then there's web. So the two processes that are running. Uh, so you can see there API and web. And then it opened up that browser, and if you give it a second, it should have loaded. There you go. So now you get your welcome page. So let's see what they're doing here. So they've got this binary command on RW generating the Prisma client 
Yeah, so that's a separate process. So, you know, Prisma has these, has these libraries to talk to the database, and it, every time you make a change to that schema file, Prisma needs to regenerate this client, which creates all the JavaScript to actually talk to the database. And, of course, it hadn't been ever generated because we just created the app from scratch, so it has to generate the first time. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Cre- okay. Yeah, so it creates that. There's a, a server running on 89.11 that uh, presents the actual functions. So if you go to 89.11, you'll only really... When you're developing locally, you'll usually only use 8910 for the front end. But in 8911, there, if you click on GraphQL, there's this. This comes from Apollo, this GraphQL playground. So you can actually like introspect your GraphQL endpoint. And if you can see it over there on the right, there's two little tabs: Docs and Schema. So it'll actually show you. Of course, you don't have anything yet, but um, it'll show you the Docs and the Schema for your GraphQL and help you like write queries out here. So that's one way you can, as you're developing. Um, you can be, yeah, there's a built-in one, I guess, to get the version of Redwood. Um, but as you're developing your GraphQL endpoint, you can also be using this little playground to make sure your queries are working the way you think they are and returning the right data. And then you can go and plug them into your actual app. Wow. So you got your, these are your data types, I see. And these are your uh, queries. Yeah, there's that built-in Redwood one. Nice. Yeah. So okay, lot, so if you go back, so yeah, so it's installed for just like one npm command here, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing. The whole thing's in there, ready to go. Okay, so now, so you'll see that welcome screen until you add your first actual page, or like a custom route. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll show this welcome. Uh, so what do you want? Do you want to do a home page? Yeah. Do you want to get, want to get right to the database? Okay. If you want a home page, so Redwood, um, a page is still just a Ra- React component, um, but in Redwood, sort of our preferred. Uh, paradigm a page sort of equates to a url you know so if you go to slash which is the home that's that would be a page you go to slash uh, about and that's a separate page which is really just a component that we happen to call a page yeah you'll see it here in the directory structure right so we have pages and we give you two by default we got that not found page the 404 page and then if you have a fatal error we also wrap that so you know in production you don't see a nasty javascript dump you can see a you can make a custom basically a 500 page Okay, so now you can do this, like you're doing how you're creating all this from scratch, but you don't have to. Okay. So we have a generator. We have a generator make all this for you. So if you delete that, delete that one you created. Can we just uh, do I get in that here? You could, yeah, you can remove it there if you want. But you can keep the server running. So you should keep the server running and then just open up a new tab and do these these other commands. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do yarn remember with dev again. Just let that run. In theory, this can just run forever. Every once in a while, I've run into a case where I've added something and it, the, the server doesn't quite pick it up right, and I just have to command C and go back in and start the server again. But yeah, so delete home that you created there, and we'll use the generators to do it. You've got VS. Hey, 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 there shouldn't be a VS code there. I guess there should because most people are using it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those, so these are recommended plugins. So if you open it in VS Code, you'll say, hey, we see these recommendations. Do you want to install these? And you'll be in an even nicer place to start coding. Okay, so delete, you delete that home page. Yeah, I'll just do that, mate. Just, uh, I guess I guess uh, node modules is added to get ignore. Yep. Yeah, so it won't be checked in for sure. Yeah, I delete that guy. Okay, so then back to our command line. I'm just going to commit all this, so I've got a good point that I can go back to. Oh, yeah. Did you add your remote, too? Because we'll lead it up on GitHub for uh, Netlify to actually deploy it. Yeah, uh, what I'll do is I'll just push it to GitHub. Um, this is what WebStorm is the best, man. Uh, commit and push. Oh, this, is, this, is all on, this is all in VS Code. This is no big deal. <laughs> okay, let me just do a 
Important version called GitHub, and it'll say that there's sort of already as a project there. But let's just try share it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I can give you the command. You can you can do it if you go to GitHub and just copy the uh, the URL. We can just do it on the command line. Add add the GitHub as a remote. Uh, I hate using Git. I hate using command line. Get, I'm a I'm a GUI guy. I know. I, I started out that way too. I like got into the GUI and I'm like, oh man, I would never go back to the command line. But there's just a few commands that seems like no, none of the clients really handle very well. Okay, it's there. <clears throat> okay, cool. All right, so back to the uh, command line. We'll use our generator to make our, make that page and it's going to do a couple things for you. It's going like, to create the route and everything automatically. So you can do yarn, RW, and you can use the full word generator. You can just use the letter G, shortcut. So do G and then page because we want a page. And then we want the name of the page, which is home. And by default, it's going to want to put it at the URL slash home, which you don't want, right? You want just slash. So add one more parameter, space, just slash. Yeah, so you say you want it. I like how I don't have to install a CLI tool here. I can just do yarn, and then it's there. Yeah, we actually, there's a guy, uh, there's a company, Decoupled. And he's, whoa, what is this? Oh, oh you sorry. Get NVM News again. Um, he's writing a bunch of, of uh, VS Code extensions. You can actually like make these generators available through the GUI in VS Code, which is really interesting. He's still working on that. So that added one file called rich.js, and also it added these two files here. Yeah, and notice the name convention. So the name ends in page. And we did that because, you know, as you, as you start developing and you have dozens and then eventually hundreds of components and everything sort of mixes together in all these different tab names. So we... Uh, Upend the page to pages and layout to layouts, so it makes it a little easier when you're when you're just viewing through all your tabs. It makes it easier to find what you're looking for. We yeah. found. Okay, so now if you go back to your browser, actually, uh, the A910 tab. Just, I'm just checking what this thing made. It's made uh, there's some code that runs on the page. I see. It's very much right. like Ember here. Very much like Ember. Yeah. So that actually made the it made the page and then made a test file for it as well. And okay. there's the routes. You know, that made that. So the path is slash. The name of the page there that's rendering is homepage, mm-hmm. and then it gives it the name home. You know, you reference that on the other routes. But now, if you go back to that browser tab, it should have reloaded, and you'll see your homepage now. Boop. And there's even a little note there, lets you know where to find that page in your code. All right, so you got a homepage. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to make a users database table? So how do I go to the page? This is just the homepage here. You're on it right now. All right, find me, and so this is. Okay, so what's the index page doing then? That's just a, sort of a React. That's a re- standard React thing, right? So yeah, yeah. That's just your default React, yeah, app wrapper. Ah, so this is a JSX here, right? Okay. Yep. Cool. All right, nice one. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do uh, actual users table? We should probably get started yeah, with yeah. the database. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. So do you know this? You know the structure of your user. What you want to see? Um. I want them to have a username and a display name. Okay, so let's go to back to the code, and we'll open up. Um, this is going to be on the API side because it involves a database. So you open up that API directory, and there's a Prisma directory. And we really love to rename this like DB or something, but right now it's named Prisma. Schema.Prisma. So there's an example in here, and this is this is a limitation of Prisma where you have to have something in this file, or Prisma like freaks out when you try to generate. Okay. I wish we didn't have to have this, but you want to delete that. Or actually, you can start with it with, with what's there and just rename the, the table name and the columns okay. in that schema file. Sounds good. 
So go back in there and, oh, geez, what happened? I had to restart it because uh, I had to install a Prisma plugin. Ah, there was a plugin for WebStorm? Yeah, what WebStorm just knows when it doesn't have a plugin for something, so it just then tells you to install it and you install it. That's what I like about huh. WebStorm is I don't have people don't have to think to use it. I created the Visual Studio Code Discord. I have about 3,000 people or something there, but I, never, I don't use Discord. I don't use Visual uh, Studio Code anymore. Huh. And the reason I don't have that background is, is that I'm coding a lot outside and uh, it's just easier to code with the sunshine. Mm. Okay, that's a spelt one. Okay, so now we have syntax highlighting for the... Oh, cool. Yeah, what if it's based on Prisma 1? Prisma 2 is fairly recent. Like, I'm surprised they'd have these plugins updated for it already. I think the syntax is pretty close to Prisma 1, though. Yeah, so you can delete that comment if you want that to-do comment and the comment above it. And we're just going to rename right. that. Yeah, you can rename that model. Just call it user. User. Prisma sort of examples sort of use singular because when you actually run the JavaScript code to access the database, that turns them into singular. So that's yeah. just sort of their recommendation, which I don't necessarily love, but it works. I think you can do plural. It's just you might end up confusing yourself down the road because some stuff's singular, some stuff's plural. So apart from the authentication table, the, the kind of schema I'm using is just like it's users and then I got user ID, then display name, then username. Okay. Yeah, that's fine for what we're doing. So if you go in, you might want to add email just so we can use that as like the unique identifier to look them up from what we get from um, yeah. Netlify. For, for, for the Firebase email stored within the authentication table. So the, the authentication table holds the password and the email. And then... Yeah, so yeah. for us, that'll all be in Netlify, so we won't even have to worry about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... so there, so, so you can leave ID and we'll... I mean, it's simpler just to leave it as an integer. There's the email. We're saying the email should always be unique. Yes. Yeah, so now you can do like display name. And if it's optional, you can do the question mark there because it may or may not be present. Yeah. It's up. Basically, when the user signs up, they, because I wanted to make it, I wanted to have less amount of forms. And I didn't want to have a username form, display name form in the registration page. So when they sign up, they, they're missing some data. And the right. code takes that into account. So it, there's certain points of the code that it'll just say, like, it'll check to see if, I, if display name's not there. If it's not there, it'll actually say display name not set. And when the person uses logs in, there's a little, like, there's just, it just tells the user there is stuff that's missing in the profile. But it doesn't stop, right. it doesn't break the app. This felt Firebase starter thing is uh, up and GitHub and NFM and has a better way of me making that they can do pull requests. I'm sure there is optimizations that I could do, but anyway. Yeah, I think this is good. That would be optional, and then you can fill it in after. Yeah, yeah. so if you, and then you make, what, username, same thing, probably string, optional. Uh, yeah. So if that looks good, what we want to do is we want to make a migration so that it basically turns this into code that can run to actually uh, change the structure of the database. So back to the command line. Make sure that one's saved. Is that saved? Yeah. All right, so now you can do yarn rw db save. And this actually proxies over to Prisma. This is now really a Prisma command. Go ahead and enter, enter there. And now Prisma will look at that schema file and be like, okay, this schema file looks different than the last time I looked at it. So I need to create a set of changes between the two. You're going to name it. You can call it like create user. That's all. That's what it is. 
Okay. And you'll see just the files it creates, it prefixes with this name. Yep. And you'll see there it created. So it created this in the Prisma directory, created a migrations folder. SQL and then made a mig Prisma. Yep. So it's using SQLite by default. Just we've, that's the simplest one because Prisma basically comes with SQLite. So if you don't even have it installed, you'll still be able to use it. You don't have to go and set up a MySQL database and add a user and yada, yada, yada. What's this, works out what's this generator client thing? So that's where Prisma has to generate the actual JavaScript files to talk to the database. And I'm not sure why they have a provider here. Maybe they, eventually there'll be other clients you can use, but right now there's only theirs. And the binary targets says how to, which binaries to get that it needs to talk to the database. And by default, it's like the native binary. So it looks at your, your operating system and gets those. Do I even have a schema light installed? You do now because it comes with Prisma. Ah, and what about all oh, those unversioned files here? So I've got this migration lock file. I guess these. I guess I have to commit all these files, right? Yep. So there you go. And they, they create a readme that explains what's going to happen. And then it uh, includes a snapshot of the schema in that migration. And then the actual steps.json is the actual JavaScript that needs to run to migrate the database. And it created the actual database. So wow. it created, dev dot, created well, dev.de, and that is not checked in. Steps.json. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I need to do a create. I need to create a field. Here's the name. Here's the type. That's quite a lot of code that's generated there, isn't it? Yeah, and then it has its migration engine that actually runs all these commands against the database. I guess that's code you don't really want to inspect privately. Like just... Yeah, you don't really ever really care about that. You don't need that for anything. That's just all internal. To so what's this? there's two schema files here. Right, so there's the main one, which is always your running current state of what, you, what the database looks like. Yeah. And then it basically snapshots it into each migration so you know what it looked like at the time. Ah, the okay. So right now they're identical, yeah. Ah, okay. And there's a whole bunch of SQL that's been generated as well. Oh, this is the stuff that's actually it's applied. Readme. Yeah, this is the readme. They're letting you know this is what's going to run when this, right, when I this see. migration runs. That's pretty smart. But again, you don't, you don't really need to do any of this. You're going to just going to run a command, and this will all just happen for you magically. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we turn that off? <laughs> Code analysis. <laughs> okay, nice one. Okay, so, yep, so back to command line. You're going to do yarn redwood db up, which then applies that migration. And then you'll see it does that generating client again. So now there's a difference in the database, so it needs to regenerate the JavaScript files to access that database table. And nothing has changed on the front end. It doesn't really do any good. But what we can do is we'll create a scaffold. And in the scaffold, will give us those CRUD pages so that we can access that database table through our app. So wait, wait a minute. This, this, this did some changes here, but nothing's mm -hmm. changed on the code. Yeah, so this only all that did was change the actual structure of the real database. It didn't do anything on the, oh, on the actual okay. code. Right. The code base itself hasn't changed. Okay, so now if you do yarn redwood generate scaffold, so do the G, yep. You can just do the G if you want. Scaffold and then user, which is the name of the model we just made. User, user yeah. Just start, like, yep. Is it light or uppercase user? Kind of. I, I actually don't think it matters here. When you do it, it looks it up and does the correct thing. I tend to try to keep the cases the same for myself just to keep track but db what's a db that's file a, so that's a sqlite database oh i don't want to open that with text file then <laughs> <laughs> no probably not My there's a couple GUIs. it's a gui called base that'll let you open up sqlite files so it's a capital u there 
Let's just do capital D for. Yeah, I tend to keep them just in my own mind, just to keep them. Yeah. Same. So here we go. We're going to generate scaffold files. Going to create a bunch of pages. Going to create a layout. Going to create some cells. Add some routes, and then head back to the browser. And it was called user, right? So now if we go to slash users, plural, because this is like the index page reviewing them all. Now, now do a, sorry, now you got to do lowercase u. <laughs> <laughs> URLs, URLs are lowercase by default. I'm actually kind of never racking like watching this because I guess something goes, if there's something, <laughs> you know, at least it's not a live uh, video. And there you go. So now this is like an interactive form to access your database table and create your users. So you can create some sample users in here if you want. So if you say create one, it'll bring you to the form to actually create one. It doesn't include the ID because that's like, that's set by the database, right? Mm -hmm. Whoa, cool. So like in, in this felt starter app, the username has quite a lot of functionality. So like, um, like it, if you, like it, if you go to the say the profile, I broke something in the app there. But um, it when the page loads, the username causes other things to load. So there's like this obviously custom logic there for the username. Um, mm. I guess it's quite simple to modify this app to do other things with the username. Just once, I guess once you learn how, how to use Redwood, would be pretty much uh, I'd expect that. So yeah, like if I wanted to say compare the username to other usernames and have like a cross that says don't. Um, you can't submit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you'd have to, you can customize these scaffolds and do that. Of course, by default, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do that for you. But that's why I kept all that kind of. I made it. I try. I use as much lightweight stuff as possible. Like um, all the form validations using just native validation. There's no like JavaScript checks and but except except mm. things to, to pass on the event to the. The back end cancel. So if I, if I go in here, I, I, if I put some bad characters in, would it still let me save save it? Well, right now it's still a string, right? So it doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. But you can. There are validations. So we use something called React Hook Form. Yeah. And you can add validations for that format, and then it would fail, and you'd get a little red bar there that would warn you, and well, it wouldn't let it, well, wouldn't let the form submit. What about this email here being like that? Would it let me save this? Yeah, go ahead and try it. Okay, so it's, it's not. So, is that? It's just a string, right? It's just a string. Yeah, because it's just a string. Yeah. So now you can you could add, you could go into that scaffold and add email validation, and then it won't let you get past that. Uh, is, that is that something that is that you generate, or is that just something that's done manually? Uh, if you wanted to add email validation in there, yeah. Right now, today you would have to do it manually, but we're oh. kind of working on a, a thing now where we're looking through different fields and saying, okay, if this field contains the word email, it's probably an email address, so let's add email validation automatically. It's not in there yet, though. See, the cool thing about Firebase so, is that like, you can sort of on the fly create these queries, and it's like you have one endpoint. It's just this just Firebase path, and it, and it does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Mm. Whereas here you're using um, you got these GraphQL queries. Yeah, and they're co-located with the code. The idea being, you know, this component in theory can be completely self-contained, and you can reuse this component anywhere. Because everything you need is in here. The query, what to do when you load, what to do if there's an error, what to do if there's no records, and then what to do when it works correctly. Mm -hmm. cool, you got and then you've got a graph. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so you're, 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 you've got these cool little... It's a lot of code that's been generated, mate. <laughs> it's pretty... Yeah. That's a lot of code, man. 
Yeah, yeah. I have to make a whole bunch of stuff here for those. And we try to, you know, you could probably do it one big page if you wanted to, one giant component. No, with a bunch definitely of not. 100% not, man. That would be horrible. Right, horrible but we to totally want this to be like, yeah, we want the, the everything that's scaffolded itself should kind of follow the Redwood ethos and be nice and compartmentalized and reusable if you want. I'm getting tired of this light theme, man. Quit the dark theme, man. <laughs> yeah, you got to make that dark. There we go. Because, uh, yeah. Darkula. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, nice. This is this is a pretty cool font as well. This is a custom, a specialized font that's been made. Uh, it's Look at the Gs, how easy it is to read. It's a bit wider. It's about 10% wider than a normal font. Oh. Yeah. There's a curly G, yeah. I use Fira Code. I don't know if you've seen that one. It has, like, ligatures for certain combinations of characters so if you do like an equal equal there's actually a ligature yeah, that combines this, this, this it this the same super thing. long yeah. Thing. yeah yeah i just i use this, this professional one called mona lisa oh, i don't think it's been released yet but um it's it's fantastic it really is fantastic yeah it looks nice i like those g's I like the curly yeah G. you got like all this stuff as well like not i don't know why it's not working but it's probably turned off anyway told you much i noticed it when it's not there right <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is a React new user form, and it's using functional components. Yep. Um, and is it, is it using anything like? Um, see, I, I've not used that much React in the last six months. What's uh, I, I know use state. I know about use effect. What's this use mutation mm -hmm. thing? So that's Apollo. That lets you make write oh, you know yeah. queries that would write to the database or mutations. Everything else is just a query. I, I really that's amazing. It's actually proper React. It's turned out here. Yeah. Yeah, we're using hooks. It looks, seems like hooks are like the future. Like once they release hooks, everyone's like, oh my God, this is the way everything should be. So yeah. everything's like very declarative and nice. So that just seems to be where, where, the, where the whole ecosystem is going. So we just did that from the start and everything's hooks. So, mm -hmm. so you'll see when we, get in, when we get into authentication, we have a use auth hook that we created. This is ridiculous how much code I have done here so so quickly. You know, it's Yeah, you know anything yet, right? This is great. It's got tests as well. What do the tests do? Yeah, we made tests too. Where do the tests so go? We're, 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 well, we're fleshing them out for the scaffold. We don't quite have them for the scaffold yet, but if you go to like your homepage. Uh, where is it? Can it be here? Yeah, go to source pages. Source pages? Yep. Yeah. And you go to homepage. You'll see there's a homepage test. Yeah, and it actually like renders the homepage and make all it does simply because right now it doesn't know what you're what you plan to do. It just wants to make sure it doesn't throw an error, so it should render correctly. Is like the most basic thing you can do, right? That doesn't blow up. Yeah, so I could I could go here or something like um, what's why is this what's it? Is this some kind of linting going on here? So it's not it's not brought up. Well, you're inside the you're inside the it block, so you normally you would make another a second it block for another test. Yeah. So if I wanted to do another one in here, yeah, I could just do like expect. Um, home page, and then I could do two match snapshot and it work. I yeah, I'm not an expert at <laughs> React testing. I couldn't tell you what that actually what the syntax should be off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, it, snapshots are useful for testing that a bunch of code doesn't change the way because like normally you can check components and you can check to see like this elements there and that elements there, but snapshot captures the right. whole thing and. Right. Um, too much inline snapshot of a small component would generate the code there. Um, if Jest was running, I think, but and it would, and, or, or you can save the snapshot to a files. And I used to not like them, but um, I kind of got, I, I kind of got to like them. 
Mm, right, and uh, there's a command, right? You can like regenerate the snapshots or just compare that the one that's there already is correct. And yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you have, I think, yarn, yarn, just running in the background, and you do that inline snapshot, it will change the file here, and it'll say, "Do you want to reload the file?" And it'll stick that code in there. Or um, the next time it runs a test, you, uh, if it's not inline, it will generate a file, and the snapshot right. will be in like a snapshots filed in the folder. It's really, really useful. Um, you can right. overuse it though if you wanna if you wanna have lots of if you wanna look like you can contribute a lot to the code base you can create lots of tests. <laughs> <laughs> you got snapshot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Really. Um, yeah, you should be able to say if you go to the command line, you should be able to say jest or sorry yarn, yarn test or yarn jest. I forget. Maybe it's yarn test. Try yarn test, and it would run run through all the test files that we have that we've generated for you. I think mm-hmm. it's just yarn test. Yeah, try that. No, maybe yarn jest. We just got this working where we have tons of internal tests in Re- the Redwood framework, but we started exposing this test file so that it works locally. Yeah, you probably won't find it in here. We have like all our commands are like hidden inside Redwood internal. Also, it's not in the... Okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It might, it could just be jest. Yeah, try yarn jest. Oh, is it back to... Maybe rw jest. You gotta use, you gotta use again. You're back to uh, node 10. Oh, because you made a new, new tab. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Um, why was I using Node 10? It's because I'm using a lot of stuff for Firebase, man. That's the trouble. Mm. Okay, now I'll try Yarn. I think it's... Try just Jest, Yarn Jest. Yeah, and see if that does. Oh, it's doing something. There we go. Oh, cool. It, it's, yeah. it's doing stuff. Yeah, we didn't. So we looked at the uh, the stuff. Yeah, we, we might have, the ones for the uh, server side might not actually be running yet. Right. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. But if you look at the, um, we looked at the website, all the stuff that generated on the website. But there's a bunch of stuff we generated on the API side as well, like the the, the uh, GraphQL yeah. SDL, and we generated the services for talking to users. You can look at those if you want. So we've got API here, yeah. Yep. So in GraphQL, you create the SDL, the schema definition language. It just says what you know, what fields are available, um, and then you create those two, the two query types is like all users, users plural, and then a single user, which you look up by the ID. And then there's the input types. So when you're creating or updating a user, here's what fields need to be present, and then the mutations that are creating a user, updating a user, deleting a user, and normally you would write these resolvers that would say, you know, when you say create user, update user, delete user, what does that actually do? And you have to manually write out these resolvers. So we automatically map these to the services file. So you'll see that was another file that was created. And in the services file will be all those names, create user, update user, delete user. There we go. So we automatically map those from the GraphQL to this file. And this says here, when I when the GraphQL wants to create a user, this is how the user is actually created. And this is now uh. using the prisma. So there's DD user create. You pass it the fields. So what the... One of the cool things about Firebase is that you don't have to write any any of this code. That's why you pay through the nose of Firebase, though. But <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so like, I basically this is my DB layer for um, the Firebase. Uh, let me just see where it is. Let me just reset the GitHub repository to where it actually was today, because this is all Netlify stuff. I don't care about that. Anybody can check out this code, by the way, because. Uh, on GitHub. What are those unread files? 
So with Firebase, the cool thing is is that I have just there's there is some stuff for cloud functions where because I want to have and instead I wouldn't even need to use cloud functions for a lot of stuff because you a lot of the authentication is in paths. The, thing, the cool thing about Firebase is that you can have this sort of database rules and they can be very restrictive based on what, who is logged in. Mm. So my whole database layer is just this Firebase backend file here. And these these are not secret keys. They're just... They're just um, so like this file, does, see, see for the app that I made there? Mm-hmm. This has most of the logic for all the backend stuff, 318 lines. So yeah. for example... Um, get the current user um, this is basically looking at local storage and check, check to see if anyone's actually logged in and it loads that out that stuff I don't really I basically copy pasted that from Stack Overflow somewhere <laughs> and also yeah. that also like uh, this, all this anything with Firebase off is like stuff that's handled by Firebase um mm-hmm. And then it's like you can just like you can dot then it, and then I have something called user data store, and that's like this felt global store, and I basically set it to null. And a lot of the app uses that, but things like uh, update user email, that's again that's using Firebase off. But all the custom DB logic is stuff like I've got some functions called up person up well, update personal data, and um, you basically get access to the database. You access a ref, which could be anything really, and you can write to it as long as you have the permissions in the database to do that. And you can create these really sophisticated database permissions things based on paths and there's all sorts of queries and stuff you can do. Um, it just means that, like, for all this code here, for, to, do, to do all the stuff with GraphQL is probably 10 times the code, right? That's just why Firebase is quite cool. Yeah, I mean, the, for us, like, all that logic you just showed basically all go in the service. And then yeah. the GraphQL is just exposing that point to the front end so the front end can make a call to it. But the idea with GraphQL is you've got this generic API layer that now if you decide, you know what, I need a mobile app. Well, you, you can put the mobile app's code into this Redwood app and that mobile app uses the same GraphQL API. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, I need a app that's going to run on a space station and that uses that same GraphQL API. Yeah. So the idea is the GraphQL just becomes that that one interface to all these back-end services yeah. and you can plug as many front ends onto it as you want. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I had a big budget and like, had proper teaming and all stuff, I probably wouldn't use Firebase. I'd probably use something like GraphQL because it's going to be much yeah. cheaper in the long term, right? Right. Anyway. Uh, uh, we'll see. Do we have time? Do you want to get into authentication? It's almost 1230. What do you want to do? We can we can pause and do the next a next, a next episode if you want at some point. Okay. I mean, we could... To, to get authentication, we actually have to deploy to Netlify so we can get the URL and plug it into the... To the uh, so what, what do we push to... Di- I guess we just push this to GitHub, right? That's all we do. Yeah, actually, well, I mean, we can see how far we can get. Yeah, push up to GitHub, everything you've got so far. And while you, you were waiting, while you were, here's one I've made earlier. <laughs> oh, okay, excellent. Okay, so we've got a Netlify account, so we want to set up a site. So do a new site from Git over there. And GitHub... You might have to hit enter in that box for some reason. There you go. Yep. Nope. 
Oh, does, does Netlify have access to your GitHub? No, did, right? It, there's a list there. It doesn't. It doesn't have access to it. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, once time I was like, why is my app not there? Why is it, I definitely have the repo there, right? <laughs> Where okay. do you install? Yeah, yeah. Call that guy. Oh, it's installed. It's just not. Maybe it's not configured to see private repos or something. It's not private repo. Oh, hmm. Then I wonder why it's not. Why would it not be able to see that? Because I need to give it. I've, I've turned oh, off all repositories. Go. You know what? Forget oh. it. All repositories. But that, that's not going to give me access to like my client repositories, right? Well, it would list it in that Netlify list. I mean, you'd have to select that. You'd have to end up selecting it for Netlify to care to actually build a website for it, right? So as long as you don't pick one of your one of the repos you don't want it to see, it doesn't care about it. Okay. Done. Or you can just do that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Master. Yeah, and then it reads in the, the build settings from the Netlify. We, we ship with the Netlify.toml that configures all this stuff, and that's correct. You want all that in there? So just is, say is deploy site. here? Yep, it's in the root. So we start. We needed to deploy somewhere, and we, Netlify was just for us. It was like the sort of the perfect storm of how to deploy quickly in this Jamstack way. So we kind of shipped with Netlify support out of the box, but we're adding like two or three other providers right now. So there'll be more coming. Okay, uh, deploy site. Yep. But that'll actually fail because we need to give it the Postgres um, connection string. Yep. As an environment variable. Yep. Uh, I made that as well. Is this, okay. is this like a super secret string? Like somebody could really mess me up if they had this. Uh, I mean, if they saw the whole thing, they could, in theory, have full access to that database. Yes. Like, like <laughs> is this enough to? But it's cut off. Yeah, you, you, it's cut off in the end, so they won't actually see the whole thing. Oh, and the okay, they, they, they can't mess me up, right? Okay. So what I do? I just, I just copy what? Uh, yeah, you want that URI? The URI. Yep. To copy that whole thing. Yep. yep. Copy that. And then go back to Netlify. And you could, as you edit this, maybe just add a blur over that just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and then go to uh, site settings. And it's trying to deploy right now. And it'll get a little ways. And it'll, it'll break because we won't, we won't have access to the database. Uh, go down to build and deploy. And how how fast am I doing here? Am I, am I like average speed or normal speed or slow or what? No, you're doing, yeah, this is great. All right. Okay. This is like average speed, yeah. And then go environment. Yeah, and we're going to edit variables, and we're going to add that one. It's going to this is going to be all caps database underscore URL. Fine. And, then put it in there. and we're going to add one more. Let me. I have to like look this up myself because I always forget what it is. I think it's binary underscore target. And the value is going to be, just a second, let me look this up here. Okay, the value is going to be R-H-E-L. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, all lowercase. This is going to be all lowercase. So this is Red Hat Enterprise Linux underscore open SSL, all one word, dash 1.0.x. And this is just, there's a, there's a kind of a disconnect here. So... When Prisma is building those client libraries, it looks at the current host and says, okay, what operating system am I on? Those are the libraries I need. But when it's being built, it's being built on Ubuntu in Netlify. 
but it gets deployed to AWS Lambda, and AWS Lambda is a Red Hat Enterprise Linux flavor. So we basically need to give this hint to Prisma to say, hey, don't actually build for Ubuntu, build for Red Hat, because that's where you're going to go. Okay, so save that. So, so this what it, what's gone to AWS? Uh, the the functions. So the GraphQL endpoint is a is a AWS Lambda function. It's going to live in AWS. But Netlify hides on it for who's you. A, who's, a, who's, who's a AWS account? Netlify. So Netlify manages all that for you. All oh, right, does it right? Okay. Yeah. So and we're working on a way to let you deploy to your own AWS Lambda, not through Netlify, but we're right. In progress on this. All right. Okay. So now I'll go back up to the top and go to the deploy tab. Oh my god! <laughs> I've never seen that happen before. Uh, That's just a comic relief. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay, so go go to deploys. Uh, deploys. Uh, at the top there. At the very, yeah, next to overview. Yep, deploys. And you'll see it says it's published, but it's not actually going to work. So on that little drop down there on the right says trigger deploy. Yep. Drop that down and say deploy site. So this just re re triggers the deploy process. Now, if we watch these logs, we will hopefully see the Prisma migrations run, which means it has access to the database. Uh, so we'll see they cache a bunch of stuff to make sure the next deploy is f- still fast. I like how like I'm learning Redwood for the first time. I just skipped like the, the first 20 steps of the tutorial and went straight to deploy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's nice, right? <laughs> uh, let's see... I guess it's kind of good to see a new person learning it, so like you can develop your, oh, yeah. your training materials and stuff. Like you can, I, I'm probably yeah, some absolutely. case studied that. Yeah, we see where people get stuck at, and then we know now we need to upgrade stuff. Okay, great. So there, the migration is running, and it ran. So that should that should be in Heroku now. And then what happened here? Unknown binary target R H E L, open SSL dash one dot zero dot X. Oh, sorry. It must not be underscore. It must be dash open SSL. See that? Next to it shows the, the proper one. Sorry, that was my bad. Okay, so go back to those, those environment variables to RHAL dash open SSL. I'm going to have to change that in our. No, no, that's right in our doc. Sorry, I, I misread it. Yep, back to environment. And then just edit variables and edit that one. Not that? Uh, nope, sorry. Uh, instead of the underscore, it should be a dash or it should be RHAL dash. There we go. Save. And then back to deploy and trigger deploy again. <laughs> that screen that goes funky there. That's weird. And I think it, it'll still can, that other one. I guess it doesn't actually exit zero when it blows up, so it, the other one keeps going. Download something two hundred forty six megabytes from cache. That's, That's its own yeah. image of like red. red I think it's yeah. I don't know if it's like the the whole deploy engine or the. The build engine might be what's in that cache. Imagine every time they downloaded uh, Linux, they'd have to contact um, Linus and ask them to send them. Uh, <laughs> Asking for permission. Yeah, it might store those all in S3 or something. Okay, so now see so migrates database up completed. So the migration worked the first time. Now it's actually able to build the client. So the client worked. Now it's building the API side, building the website. And then all the web stuff gets packaged up, sent to a CDN, probably CloudFront. API stuff gets build, bundled up into these functions. And for each, uh, if you look in the directory structure, there's API SRC functions. Everyone in there gets its own AWS Lambda install. In this case, there's only this one right now, GraphQL. I wonder how my audio listeners are doing. 
<laughs> Is it still recording? Hey, GarageBand shows. We've got some peaks there. I wonder if there's any point at all publishing this to the normal podcast audio. I, I yeah, can't see it, mate. Not going to be much <laughs> for them to do, yeah. Tough to follow. Okay, Netlify build complete. So if you scroll up a little bit, did it? it'll say uh, preparing functions, uploading functions, site is live. There you go. So now if you scroll back up to the top again, Netlify gave you a URL. Uh, sorry, go but hit that deploys to go back. Uh, the, the top little this one? carrot. Yeah, that one. Yeah, sorry. And you'll see there's your URL, Nostalgic Care. So you can click on that guy. And uh, this should be the actual app. This is the homepage. Now, if you go to slash users. I'm so skeptical this is going to work. I really am. But <laughs> <laughs> we have done a lot of things there. Yeah. Make sure it's users. Sorry, plural users. User would require an ID like user slash one. I'll be shocked if this works. Boom. I'll be shocked if this works, mate. I really will. Well, the fact that it showed create one, it already worked because it went to the database, saw there wasn't any, and came back and said zero. There we go. Are you What's serious? Working? Are you kidding me? Are you Redwood, man. Redwood. Damn, man. <laughs> that's, that's just... So where... Okay, but now now we're in a really good spot to start uh, authentication, but do we want to do it next time? How are you doing on time? Uh, How are you doing on time? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm right. I can do another half hour. I want to get some eat eventually, but I'll do it. We'll probably get authentication working in 30 minutes. No okay. Problem. Okay. Uh, so, but wait, how can I see this? Um, I've got Heroku. I can, I can see this database table then. Yeah. I don't know how, how good they're. I don't know if they have a GUI for their database through their, their interface here, but um, you can maybe do like activity or something. Metrics, maybe. If you have a, a SQL GUI, you should be able to access it now. There's one called Table Plus you can use. Oh, that's just you interacting with it. It doesn't show like connections or anything. Yeah, I'm not sure if they have a UI to actually access the database table. Uh, Don't trust me, A. You think it's all just in static files somewhere? <laughs> they might have a command line tool. Maybe you can run SQL commands. Yeah, I probably just use my own Heroku connector, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. If you have the Postgres client on your command line, I would think you could access it that way, but I've, I'm not really an expert in that, that one. Okay, so um, authentication, I'm using Netlify's... Yes, so go to the Identity tab there, and you're going to click Enable, and this gives you access to this. And what we'll do is we'll create a user. So the first one you're going to have to do through their interface because there's no way to show the prompt to log in without a... Well, you can show the prompt, but you can't do anything until you have a user. So if you click that invite users there on the right, you can create a user for yourself. Yeah, and this needs to be a real email address because they're going to send you the verification. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's going to take a second to go through. But in the meantime, what you can do is that API endpoint, you want to copy HTTPS and install your care, da, 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 dot app. You want to copy that URL. You want to copy this URL? Uh, yeah, you don't need the whole thing. You don't need the Netlify identity, just up to the dot app. Copy that because that's gonna we're gonna need that in a second. So now if we go back to dev, actually go back to the command line, and we're gonna do, use another generator. So we're gonna yarn redwood g off, 
Netlify. This, this Netlify stuff took me ages when I was first using it. Eventually, when I, I got it work, working eventually. So Yeah. And then Space Netlify. Uh, it's spelled wrong. <laughs> Netlify. Yeah, there we go. Okay. I've got some emails yeah. there. You've been invited to join. Accept yep. invite, I guess. Soon. Well, not yet. That's not, that URL is not going to work yet because that URL is going to go to production and Netlify isn't, identity isn't in the code base yet, so it won't, it won't work. Right. But we need that URL on the dev side. And you're going to see in a second how we're going to do that. I like following along with GitHub to see what changes at each point. Otherwise, I just forget oh, yeah. what happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. So right now it's adding a couple node modules. And then when we get to those next steps, it'll generate some files. I like this format of the video. I've never done this before, like the live tutorial of this. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay, so if you look now, there's some new files created for you. Package.json inside of web, Redwood auth, Netlify identity widget. <laughs> yeah, this Nesty, this is what I first started to use when I was building my, my Firebase app. But eventually yeah. I got tired of it because it wasn't it didn't have password reset and recover and all that stuff. So I basically built mm. I basically built my own one of that with Svelte, but I didn't use it as a oh, pop up. Yeah. I have different routes. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's all in the in the widget now. Yeah. Uh look what you can see what else changes. It should be a new file. Uh there's an auth.js. Yep, so it adds this. So this is how you're gonna get your current user on the API side. This just this adds this for you. you. Really, this is this GraphQL function, which you normally don't ever really have to mess with yourself manually. Okay. And then, yeah, an index. So there's where it initializes the identity widget, and now it wraps the routes in this auth provider from Redwood. Yeah, that's like my little. I've got a little. Is that like an authenticated route? No, I'm I'm, I'm basically talking. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's <laughs> the right, quit that's when right. you know you're failing here. <laughs> yeah, it's just provide the way these. It's like a React provider consumer thing. So it has to surround that so you get access to some stuff Okay. down inside those components. And then it should have made one more file. There should be an auth.js file it made. This is a ridiculous amount of code that's been made, really, like in, in one hour. <laughs> in one hour, we're here. Yeah, right? You see, there should be one more file. I'm surprised there should be an auth uh, API. There is one more file. API SRC. There we go. So now this is then uh, you can define what you want. When you say get current user, what should that actually return? And in this case, this authentication scheme uses JavaScript web tokens, those JOTs, JWT. So by default, it just returns the same JWT that it gets back. Yeah. But what we can do is you can write this to actually go to your local database and find your local version of your user and return that. Yeah. Uh, so what do we do for authentication? Right. We want to lock down some endpoints so people can't create records. Um, we want to hide probably that user's the scaffold because we don't want someone to just come along and be able to edit any user they want. Right. So the first thing we could do is we could lock down the GraphQL endpoints. So I mean, I'm just going to save this because uh, this was the what did we what was the command was it we generated auth. Yeah. Generate auth right. Was it yep. auth what was it just? It's auth netlify, but that's just yeah we just generated the auth support stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so we need to lock down something user. Yeah, so you can see here, right, there's this function require auth. So this is like a little helper function that we create. You can you can put this function in your services, and then you won't be able to access your services without being logged in. Yeah. So if you, you can take that name, that require auth, and we'll go into our services file, uh, API, SRC, services. 
and there should be a user as one in there. My brain's starting to slow down. <laughs> it's that yeah. hour of the day. You can start to get inefficient. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, so we'll do this real quick. So we're going to import that uh, that function at the top there. So you're going to import require auth from uh, src lib auth. So this is more of the backend locking down. So you, you can't even uh, get access to these database calls if you're not logged in. Yeah. Apologies we'll for like the, the small size of front. font, but, the, but I can't make this thing any smaller and have a functioning uh, with it. That's okay. Uh, but, uh, and you, are, you will require auth. We don't really care about get current user yet. You know, require auth. Yeah. And then you can make those function calls in the sensitive, um, sensitive actions. So like create user, update user, delete user. You can just... The first, before it runs that return, just call require auth. Yep. And that will raise a GraphQL error if the person's not logged in. And you can do one on update and delete if you want. So, like, also that um, I, have, I have something similar from my, my Swelp Firebird starter, but it's basically checking to see if an object's not null or not. <laughs> That's all it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just so the user can't do something stupid like register when they're signed in, you know? Right. Yeah, and you can add all, all the other validation here you want. You just want to make sure you raise like an error that GraphQL will recognize and know what to do with. Well, okay. create user. That- why, why, we, why do we need to be auth to create a user? Well, if you if you want users to be able to create other users, right, not register, um, right, okay. right. So this way, they'd only be able to create them. To, like the system could create them. Them, you, the system could create the user who just logged in because now they're logged in. They have access basically to create. We don't have. This is only authentication. To remember, this isn't authorization. So we're not saying like, oh, an admin user can do this, but a guest user can do that. We don't have that yet. It's coming in Redwood. We're working on that now. Yeah. So right now it's either all or nothing. Either you're logged in and can do everything, or you're logged out and can do nothing. <laughs> See, if the next time I divide it, that's I'm going to have a, a, a instead of having the CPU which is clashing with the colors, it, I'm going to have like a learn with us live or something like that, or learn oh, with yeah. us like video. Okay. <laughs> I need to I need to create. A, I'll need to create an episode of my audio one because a lot of people don't know how a YouTube channel listen to me that, and and just yeah. like say, hey, this is only ten seconds to tell you, go to YouTube for this one or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we create okay. the require off yep so those are locked down so now we'll lock down the actual pages themselves so you can't get to the admin pages we'll call the scaffold i'm calling them the admin pages so if you go down to the website and you go to the router so you actually lock these down at the router level this is the easy i mean you could manually do this in each component if you wanted but it, we have we support one in here at the router level so you're going to add one import you're going to add private to router and route you can just add, yeah, add in that list there, yeah. Private, sorry, capital P. No. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take those uh, routes, the user's routes, and you're going to surround those with a new tag, private. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not in here. Is it? My, my web storm has been stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep, so now surround the user's routes with, a, with that private tag. Uh, you can do one. You can do like a block around all four of them. So you can just do private at the top, like after router, after the opening router, then you can do the opening private. Ah, uh, okay. And then you can indent the four user ones and then close the private. Uh, 
Yeah, you probably don't want to do it all, around all of them. You just want to do it around. So you, you'll be able to get to the homepage if you're logged out. You just want to uh, lock down access to the scaffold. Yep. Okay, so now if you go to the website and you try to go to slash users. Uh, locally? Yep. So just reload that now. And that right now, it throws an error. So there's one more uh, attribute you can put on private. We're going to expand this to do more stuff soon. But if you go back to the routes and you say you add an attribute to private and you say unauthenticated equals home. So you, you say somewhere to go when you are not authenticated. Sorry, it's unauthenticated. UN authenticated, all lowercase. Oh, nice. We'll have a way to do other, well, yeah. We'll have a way to do other things besides this, but for right now, all it does is if you're not authenticated, it's going to redirect you. How did and it, that, how, it's how did a string. It, how did it know that unauthenticated was an attribute? Uh, that must be WebStorm. Must be looking into private and knows. Is it go, not, it's go. not TypeScript, right? It's JavaScript. Uh, well, the router might be TypeScript now. I'm not sure. Okay, so what? But I get those in VS. I get those in, It's just a string. So just give it the string home. So you give it the name of the route you want it to redirect to if the person is not logged in. Well, that... Just the name, though. Just home. Nope, no slash. Just like the name. Yep. Uh, well, lowercase. So the same name you gave the ad, the route attribute, Right. you give it there. Yeah, and you can get rid of the curlies because it's just a string. Look at that. Yep. So now, so now the, the, the front end pages themselves are locked down, so you can't get access. Now we need to actually let you log in so you can access them. <laughs> okay. So maybe on the homepage, we can make a login, logout link. Would probably be an easy way to do it. So if you go to the homepage JS. And you can, you know, replace that or just add after it. What we can do is make a... And we'll we'll do an import here at the top, so we'll import link and routes. Well, I guess we'll, well. Let's see. No, we don't really want a link. We just want an actual like a href. But we do need to import here, so we'll say import curly brace use auth capital A. Mm -hmm. From at redwoodjs slash auth. Yep, right there. Okay, and then uh, the first line after home page before the return, we're going to then use that. Um, sorry, the first line. Sorry, after uh, before the return. So we're going to create a constant here. Okay. Yep. So we'll make a const and curly brace. We're going to destructure login and it's log capital I N. It's like a function process name, capital I N. Yep. Only one I, though. You still got the lowercase i. <laughs> that. And then use off. Use, use off as a function. So that's open, closed parentheses. And then you got an extra i there in login. Is this, is this using like Netlify under the hood or something? Or does some. Uh, well, so use off has a provider hook thing that we, we used. And we told it to use Netlify. So now it knows it's going to use Netlify's version of login, whatever that is. Yeah. You still got that. Extra, you still got that extra I there in login. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my, my brain is slowing down. There we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now let's add a coding all day, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now let's add a link, like an actual A, like a anchor tag, old-fashioned link. Yep. Uh, so we'll say A href equals, and you can just say pound sign, just so it registers as a link. 
You can just do it as like a string. It's like string pound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, sorry, like a, sorry, a, a American pound, a, uh, what do you guys call it? Hash? Hashtag? Oh, like this? Like a, yeah, that guy. Yep. <laughs> I was like, what yep. was a poem? <laughs> and then on and then the on click for this now will be login. So we'll do an on click equals curly bracket. Yep, login. And then you can just close that and give it a label, login, whatever. Uh-huh. Okay. Now if you go back to the front end, the web. And then where is our link at? There you go. And up pops the Netlify. Ah, now here's that. Remember that URL I had you copy. That's where that URL goes. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. I remember doing this when I was using Netlify. Yeah. So it needs to know where which identity or identify, I guess, API endpoint to use, whatever. So yeah, you just yeah. give it the URL. Use that. Okay. And then you get this. Now you can't do this yet because you don't have a password, right? You invited yourself. Yeah, yeah. You Created a password. So now I'll go back to that email, and this is where we now need that link. You have been invited to create a user on yeah so click that accept invite okay and it's, it's taking me to and you'll get an error nostalgia i can't see that Kari. yeah I, I can't see that by the way i don't know if that's in a separate i'm doing, I'm doing my phone just so that I less less work to edit out all the email stuff oh well you're gonna need to copy this url right okay i'll just i'll just edit it out so i'll go yeah, to my sorry, e- if you, yeah Email, so email, 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 email. <laughs> they give you an invite token, and we need to use that same token, but in development instead of production. Now, once we deploy this and all the identity, all the identity stuff is in production, then you can click those links and it'll work fine because production will have all the authentication code running. But for now, we only have it in dev. Uh, so I think it's that top one. That, yeah. Uh, no, it should be you've been invited to. Yeah, I've got, I've got these emails. Uh... You've been invited to, but they're 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 somewhere. This one? Oh, there it is. Yep. Okay, click that. Accept invite. And then off this URL, you're just going to copy that pound invite token equals. You're going to copy all of that, including hash, the, hash, yeah, hash, hash, including the yeah. You want the hash too. Or just remember to type it again. On yeah. There. Okay. Okay. So now go to dev. And now you're going to paste that on the end there. Okay. It already has the hash. So you're going to paste that on the end of the URL. Yep. Enter. And then you do enter again. Because that just looks like a anchor tag. Yep. So now you should get the prompt and it should say, now complete your sign up. So put your password in. Now you've got your user. There you go. And the first time it's going to show this, which doesn't really do any good. So just close that. So now you're logged in, but there's no proof you are. So now if we go back to the code, we can add like a welcome back, whoever. So maybe after that, right? So now you can say uh, at the top there where we have our const, we're going to destructure one more thing. So you can destructure is authenticated, capital A. And you can actually destructure, you might as well destructure current user out of there too. All in there, comma, current user, capital U. Yeah. And then maybe after that link, we can have a little conditional. So you do like a little curly bracket and say, is authenticated question mark. Uh, 
um, uh, yeah, you have to do like a space, like after is a like a space question. And you can say hi, and if you want, you can you can use the current user. So you can say current user email because you actually have access to that. Yeah. Yeah. Current user. I don't know if it's yeah. I it might not know that because it's a JavaScript web token doesn't know what's in there yet. And then you can say colon, or I guess you could do. And, I guess if you don't want to do the alternate, you can just do and and instead of the question mark. But yeah, there you go. Ha ha Hey. Now what we can do is go back and we can make that a login or a log out. So if you destructure log out in addition, up there at the top. And then in your on click, you can say, you know, is authenticated. So that we can do like all this stuff, right? Authenticate. Yeah, you can do two separate links or you can just in yeah. the on click, you can put the initial in there. Yeah, yeah. And then change the label too. Designers take note and <laughs> <laughs> learn. learn. <laughs> hey, look at that. There you go. Yeah. And then what you can do is uh, right now you see the sign up half of that tab is grayed out. So in Netlify, you can just turn on allow like anonymous signups and then yeah. you have access yeah, to Yeah, I, I remember using that. The, and um, yeah. The reason I eventually stopped using the Netlify widget was like it didn't have all the stuff like create like recover and uh, those kind of things. That's what I've done in my, my my app. But this is certainly faster than what I've done. Yeah, yeah. In one hour. Now again, this is only looking it up right from Netlify. So like those details, those aren't coming out of your local database. So now you need a way to link those records to the actual ones in your database, which is where you flesh out that get current user function. I don't know if you remember that in the, that auth JS that was get current user. Yeah. And you can define, here's what I want current user to be. I want it to be my local copy of a user. So you would just write out the code to access that. From, you know, based on the Netlify email address, look up that same user in my database yeah. and return that instead. Yeah, that's basically what and I And then done. you can say, yeah, then you can say current user.display name, current user.username, whatever you want. It's basically what I did with my Firebase one. So um, when the user logs in, uh, let's see, login. Oh, sign in. Always catches me right. So basically, sign in, and I've got this log thing that checks to see if we're in production mode or not. Um, log, attempted to sign in. Then we get the user from Firebase auth, and then we uh, say, um, we check to see if the person's verified or not. And if they are, we do this thing called get get user data in store. And then navigates to home. This get user data in store basically gets uses the logged in ID and says he's attempting to get the user data stored in real time database for user this and this. And the match is done basically here. We go to the Firebase users directory and we have a UID mm -hmm. based on the logged in user and we just do a query that's and then I put all the stuff into the Svelte store. Um, right. Um, if if the user hasn't actually. Uh, there will be no user return back from the real-time database if there's no data in there. 
So you will get no mm -hmm. user from the user data. In that case, we just store the user ID in the Svelte store, and that basically tells the app that there is a user there. If there is something back from the real-time database and, and there's a MongoDB store, we actually go and take uh, the user from the query and we, we stuff that into the user data store. And that thing's used all over the app uh, for various right. things. Huh. Yeah, I do something similar where uh, we don't have a built-in way in Redwood to do this, but what you can do is in your login in that get current user function, you can say, if I don't find this user, then assume he's signing up basically for the first time. So then create him and then return him. Yeah. So you'll be created at the time of you of a successful login if you're not already in the database. Yeah, yeah. And we're trying to think of a red, a more redwoody way to do that right now. It's kind of manual. Yeah. But. I wonder. I wonder. It'd be nice to see like not using an identified identity widget and just have like some kind of. It'd be nice to be able to build it purely out of all the redwood stuff because that that's basically you're tied to that thing being maintained. I don't even think the netlify identity widget's being maintained that much. Right. Is, uh, that's yeah. why, you know. Yeah, so there's someone's working on right now. The behind the scenes, um, Netlify uses GoTrue. Yeah, I think it's just an open source authentication. Yeah. So someone's actually working on a formula right now to use GoTrue like yeah. raw. Yeah. And then again, someone else is also just working on here's how to roll your own. To I was. Your own I, I did actually do that with GoTrue in this repository before I was in Firebase. So basically, I used mm. I, I wrapped GoTrue. That Firebase backend was actually a GoTrue backend or something like that, and I had I was basically I had all these form inputs in Svelte that were using the GoTrue API. Oh, okay. Um, before, uh, so maybe, yeah. I mean, the code's buried deep in those hundred and thirty odd commits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could dig it back out. Might work. Some of it might work. We'll like hide a lot of the hopefully you know hide a lot of the the uh, the guts of it, so you don't have to worry about too much stuff, and just give you access to the few endpoints you need to make it easy yeah so yeah there you go authenticated nice one well that's uh that's great yeah and then uh we didn't get get into it but now on the back end um there's always something available called context you'd say context dot current user so like in your services so then you can like you know if uh that user created a blog post let's say you could link it to the current user because you'd have access to that user on the back end now is, is, is that is that here? Uh, like if you go to uh, the, uh, the, the yeah services users, yeah. So at the top you would say import. Uh, actually, I don't think you even need to import. It's kind of like DB. Like you know, you notice there's no actual import of DB anywhere. It just sort of yeah. exists. We've done that in several cases. Like same thing with React. Like, like every single component needed needed to import React. So like screw yeah. it, we'll just do that behind the scenes for you. Yeah. So the same thing with this context. Context is just available. Yeah. So you could say context.currentuser.id and that would be your once you look it up right you have to define get current user to actually look up your user and then context.currentuser would be whatever that function returns which is your local user mm -hmm. so i'm trying so to think if i wanted to use this framework but not use react could i could i use this as a as a backend to like does it have to work with react oh, oh i guess yeah, must do. <laughs> um, it doesn't have, like you could just use the API side and do GraphQL and Prisma. Uh, the Yarn Redwood Dev, I believe you can just say Yarn Redwood Dev API and it only does the API side. So then whatever front end you develop, you would just need to know, I need to talk to port 8911 yeah. in development. And that's where my GraphQL endpoint is and you could use just the back end, yeah. Yeah. And same thing, you could use just the front end if you want and not care at all about the API. As, but then again, well, is, there, is, there, is there like, Another open source project that does the backend stuff like this. 
not that I'm aware of, but I'm, I'm sort of new to the whole JavaScript ecosystem yeah. like the last year or so. So I don't really know what else is out there. There's so many, so many frameworks. Mm. It's like mind boggling how many there are. Well, I guess this, you better, it's easier. The most bang for the buck is this is Redwood is actually using Redwood for Redwood, right? <laughs> it's like, right, exactly. yeah, yeah. So there's no point using Svelte with it. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's got to be somebody out there who's combined Apollo, which is our GraphQL thing, and Prisma probably. Yeah, if you just cared about the backend. This takes me back to um, a lot of, to uh, when I was using Flash and ActionScript. When in Flex mm. Four came out, there was uh, Flex Flex Builder had this kind of functionality where it would generate a whole bunch of like forms and stuff like that. But it was a nightmare to maintain because the code wasn't really that clean. Uh, yeah, whatever happened to Flex? Did they? Is that just done now? Well, yeah. I wish they told us like. Four years after I started my career doing Flash, they basically came out one day, and then one day, one morning, they ruined every Flex developer's career. They basically says, we think HTML is the future. And then oh, people were man. absolutely livid at Adobe for saying that. And they're like, all our clients are turning away and all this stuff. Basically, we had to learn JavaScript, which was not my first choice. Yeah. I remember when, this was like, what, 10 years ago now or something, Steve Jobs put out like a release and of why I think iOS wasn't going to support Flash and that people considered that it was like the death knell. Like as soon as he did that, Adobe was screwed. <laughs> like they knew there was never going to be a future for Flash at that point. Yeah. And we, we saw some uh, attempts to get Flash to work on the mobile and, and, and the performance is ab- abysmal, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, it just turned out there was like so many like security issues and stuff and just, oh man. Yeah. I was at um, Home Depot. It's like our local home improvement store. And I was getting some new carpet and they brought up like their little admin interface for ordering carpet. And it was a flex app. And I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen this in a decade. <laughs> it worked really well. But, man, I feel bad for whoever, whoever has to maintain that now. <laughs> yeah. Let me just bring up a picture to me to prove to people that actually you're talking to me, not just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch your computer. There we go. Oh, there it is. We can, uh, computer. But the reason we did this, guys, is not because I'm shy, because my computer was dying basically when we're trying to <laughs> and this is the latest macbook pro so there's your overrated expensive hardware that we have to mm-hmm. use because we we don't want to use windows right yeah supposedly right uh apple's going to amd now and that's uh you know the risk architecture that's supposed to be more performant and less battery intensive and so we'll see it's supposed to be two years within two years i think everything's supposed to switch over i just send this back cool. to the where i got it from and get a refund uh, yeah, I gotta get a new one. <laughs> okay, so, okay, well, uh, that was very interesting. Um, I'm going to keep following this uh, Redwood stuff. I'm going to watch this video, try and remember all it is. And, and as you guys make, uh, yeah, probably as you get away from this Netlify identity widget thing, it'd be, be great to see what kind of code scaffolds we can use. Yeah, if you check through our docs, you go to, um, we have an authentication doc yeah. in it. Talks about our other. So yeah, right now it has Netlify Identity Widget, Auth0, Netlify Go True, which is just the, the raw version, uh, Magic Links, Firebase, Google Auth Provider through Firebase. Mm-hmm. And then that's the one. Uh, that's the only ones we have currently documented. And we have a couple more in the, in the works. Yeah, if you go to uh, just docs, yeah, authentication. I'm saying that anyone, anyone, if anyone wants to poach my Svelte stuff and give it to React, they can, they can check it out because the forms I made are very, very lightweight. There's no styling, and they're just uh, 
I mean, anybody, you don't have to copy me, but if you can go to my page and see the routes that I've made and duplicate their own routes and... Cool. Well, yeah, I hope you had fun. Uh, yeah. Turn yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> anyone wants to, uh, we're happy to contribute or uh, accept all contributors. Like we got, I think there's more than 60 people now that have had merge pull requests. Um, we're a really nice community. Everyone likes each other so far, it seems like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're always looking for help. If you just want to write docs or if you want to write code, anything, anything and everything is more than welcome. And uh, if you go to the website there, we also have the links to our community where you can discuss if you need some troubleshooting, you need some help, um, or have some proposals for major changes, like someone proposed using Preact instead of React. Um, people have proposed Vue.js, so we're kind of looking into those, getting discussions going. Uh, and also, if you want stickers, we will mail you stickers anywhere in the world. You'll get three Redwood.js stickers. Just go to uh, redwoodjs.com slash stickers and give us your address. Cool. Well, if you're a React developer and you like GraphQL, and uh, this is for you, pretty much. And yeah. now you front-end developers have no excuse to not be full-stack developers because everybody right. yeah, wants full-stack developers before they want specialists in front-end or back-end now. Right, right. Yeah, this could be a very good gateway in going from front-end to full-stack. Um, we don't... Our, our, you'll, there's a prerequisite mentioned in the, in the tutorial that you know, we kind of assume you know React, GraphQL, and a little bit of database stuff. So we don't teach you GraphQL, but there's plenty of good documentation out there about it. So if you want to learn it and then come and play with Redwood. Okay. Thank you very much, Rob. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. And uh, hello, YouTube. Uh, this is the Learn With Us video, I guess. Video only. And uh, thanks for your time. And I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, see you around next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>